Hi, everyone. This is Kate. And today I have an amazing guest, Vanessa Du. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. Yeah, so. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, so listener Vanessa is a co founder of the Health Aid Kombucha, which I've tried. I really loved it. That's actually one of my favorites, Vanessa. Oh, happy to hear that. What's your favorite flavor? What is it? I think the one with ginger. That's really tingling. Oh, yeah. the uh, Yep, ginger lemon is one of our top sellers and one of our first products. Yeah. So, yeah, can you tell me the story of how it all started? Yeah. So, you know, me and my best friend and her husband, mm-hmm. uh, we, about eight and a half years ago now, we mm-hmm. were really feeling the urge to create something that was our own, something that was fulfilling to um, us. Uh, We were just very unchallenged with our jobs at the time. And Mm -hmm. so we created this entrepreneur club. It was in this entrepreneur club that we brainstormed different business ideas, something that could help fill a gap or an opportunity in the market. Mm -hmm. And we thought of many different ideas. One of them happened to be kombucha. Dinah had been brewing kombucha since her nutritionist days back in grad school. And we knew that we were on to something because our friends and family kept on coming back to drink more of the kombucha. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just never thought that that would be our product. So we decided to sell it and see what customers would say. And so we did just that. And we sold our first bottle March 25th, 2012 in the Brentwood wow. Farmer's Market in Los Angeles. And, you know, from that point on, we just kind of went forth and started selling healthy kombucha and really proud of, you know, from that first day of bringing 60 bottles mm-hmm. to the farmer's market, fast forward to today where we're in over 30,000 stores That's with over amazing. 250 employees. It's been a, it's been a crazy, exciting, um, thrilling ride. Wow, that's amazing. Now, tell me, what is that journey like to get into the big retail store? What was the story? Yeah, so our first retailer was Gelson's. Mm. Um, It was Gelson's Market. And I remember having that initial meeting where at that point, we had only sold in farmer's markets and locally to some cool cafes and some independent mm-hmm. stores in LA. So mm-hmm. we knew we had an amazing product. We knew we had an amazing brand, but we didn't necessarily have all the classic data pieces, if you will, mm-hmm. of any buttoned up CPG company going into this meeting. Yeah. But what we did have was the passion and the vigor of what we were bringing to market. Mm-hmm. So honestly, we sold on passion, we sold the brand, we sold the product, and we sold the idea that we were going to succeed with and for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took a chance on us. And I remember wow. at the end of the meeting, he said, well, in order to succeed, you'll have to sell 200 units per SKU per week. Wow. Um, and that's what you need to do to survive here. And we took that on as a challenge. Mm-hmm. And we we're able to survive, not just there, but really start to thrive and scale out into retail groceries. Wow. So did you do something? Did you hire some promo person to do like kind of a roadshow or Insta promotion to do that? Yeah. So it was a lot of different pieces. So, you know, I would say 
you know, more than anything, what we've done well too is also execute in market. Mm-hmm. Um, is, and so part of the plan to make sure we get that sell through is one, early on, we sampled a lot mm-hmm. demos to make sure that the people who maybe knew about kombucha knew how healthy was different. Mm-hmm. The people who didn't know about kombucha, we educated them and were able to talk through how healthy is the best tasting, highest quality kombucha. And as we did that, we started, we, we had them at first sip, basically, because the taste was just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a piece of it. Our internal team is awesome. They kick butt all day, every day. And they you know, had great relationships with the stores. They were able to really um, create beautiful displays, um, merchandise, and help the team out in Delson. And um, you know, those are a couple pieces of it. And we can't forget about you know, the marketing side of it mm-hmm. and um, how we've been able to participate in events around LA to really get the word out. We had a brand ambassador team to help sample around the stores. So mm-hmm. it was really this 360 collective view on how to elevate the visibility to mm-hmm. our product and to our brand that really gave the initial noise that it needed. Yeah, I could just imagine because it, it is part of it is an educational sell. So you really have to train your staff and the benefit of kombucha, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. So it, it is like you have to you may think that you know everything, but your team needs that also similar guidance and you know mirror discussion so that they can then go out and multiply that type of understanding on what healthy kombucha is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, Vanessa, do you remember your initial investment? Uh, yes, I do. Um, so, I mean, it was at a time where you know, we were growing so rapidly, we mm-hmm. needed capital to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was you know, equally scary and exciting for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a, it was a, a turning point for us where we were able to get the resources and start us on this path to really start to scale in the industry. Yeah. Wow. Now, Vanessa, how is it with, of course, there are going to be moments, it's reality having a partner. Is there at times where, you know, you guys are not in the same page? Or how is that having a partner and growing this business? Can you tell me some challenges? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, if anything, what's made us stronger is having a strong sounding trio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's often a discussion, do you go it alone or do you have other co-founders? Mm-hmm. And for us, it's definitely been a benefit to our strength as a company and a team. Um, when one of us may have gaps, the other person is able to help really fill that in. And, you know, there is something to be said about going uh, at this with someone on the emotional journey with you. Mm-hmm. And so when we've been, you know, when any one of us has been down, another one is there to help pick us up. And so th- that's really been a good back and forth on how to really, um, you know, how we've been able to operate. And yes, there's been times when budding heads happen and you have to work through some stuff. And that's just, I think, the nature of a, healthy relationship where it's not just all roses. Um, the, the critical point of that is getting through it to get to a productive place. 
Absolutely. Now, Vanessa, what kind of culture exists in your organization and how did you establish it? Yeah. So, you know, culture is an interesting uh, phenomenon. And I actually think it's one of those intangible competitive advantages that exists across companies. And if you have a good one, you really have a good one. And that allows you to soar above the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so early on, when it was just me, Dinah, and Justin, it's this idea that, you know, we are, we're it, we're everything, right, to the company. But as we started to hire people, we needed people to actually multiply um, and kind of carry the mission forward just as we would. Mm-hmm. And so we started to put together what really described the characteristics of our company as what we wanted to see it to be. And our values started to reflect mm-hmm. that. And so in, on paper, they stand for the word GOAL. So it's an acronym, G-O-A-L. Mm-hmm. And it stands for GRIT, Optimism, Authenticity, and Leadership. So those are hallmark characteristics of not just us as founders, us as a company, but I can definitively say that everyone who comes into our organization displays those characteristics and are able to really thrive within our organization because of it. Um, We interview on those values. We consistently review and talk about them and they resonate. And so it's really exciting to see a team that's, you know, firing on all cylinders, really excited to build the brand, but also doing it with an integrity and shared of mindset and perspective. I love that. Now, Vanessa, what was one of your deepest motivation in life? Let's see. I would say for me, um, the motivation, well, I think there are two motivations. One is to be able to provide and spend time with my loved ones Mm -hmm. is probably for my family, and my loved ones are everything. And so I value the time with them to be able to be the most valuable in this world. And so for me, I wanted to design a life where I was able to do just that on my terms. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't often happen um, with just you know a nine to five job. But it also doesn't happen with an entrepreneurial life as well, because you're thrown into the mix more than nine to five, it's all consuming. But at the same time, you're able to define time and what you do with that time as your own. So that's one thing. And then second is, you know, being able to provide, um, you know, for my parents, for example, they worked really hard to give us a life that was great. And I, if I can give anything back to them or give the gift of experience back to the people I love, um, through whatever success I may be able to, to gain, that is probably one of the biggest motivators for me. Oh, I love that. Now, Vanessa, what is your greatest fear and how do you manage fear? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I just wrote this um, note on optimism. Mm-hmm. And part of what I touched on was it's not about having no fear. It's just knowing that the fear doesn't define you. Mm. Um, and so that, and so for me, I, it's not to say that I haven't been fearless, mm-hmm. but I guess I, um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily afraid of what comes with the what if and kind of the next step. Um, cause there's always going to be a yeah. new day to try again. Um, 
I guess if there's anything that causes me anxiety or that I really think about, mm-hmm. it is, um, it's probably, again, going back to um, my loved ones or just things I care deeply about, like if they will be hurt. So in that same vein, like, is there something that could pose pain or, or issue for my company, my family, my loved ones? Mm-hmm. And like, how do I, how do I do the best by them to not let that happen? Um, so that's more of where my perspective is. Yeah. And what have been the biggest challenges you've had to overcome? Hmm. In, in life or in business? Business, <laughs> life either. <laughs> um, you know, I guess it, it overlaps, but um, in business and in life, um, there's always this voice that's, uh, that I've had in the back of my head. It's like that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that kind of talks you through what you, it gives you the devil's advocate view and kind of gives you the, the pause to think, am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? Am I seeing the right thing? And for me, I think that's my own demon where I've had to really overcome that second guessing myself. Um, and it's come through, you know, personally just confronting more of who I am, being really comfortable in my own skin. And that's taken a while. Um, and also in how that relates to business and what we're, what we've been trying to do and grow, um, really trying to step into not just building a business, but also um, stepping in and up into what the company needs of me. And that comes to not like second guessing myself um, and really being comfortable in my own skin and leaning into my strengths. So I think that's been something to overcome. And I, you know, another challenge is um, I would say, you know, three years ago, four years ago now, actually, my mom passed away and it was in the throes of health aid in the middle of building it. I'm still in the middle of it, but um that was a really tough personal situation for me because it was the first time I really confronted anything of loss and meaning. And so I, I really had to come back from a darker place. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Now it's, it's, it's the worst thing to deal with and that's your mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, um, Vanessa, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Um, I would say probably two things. Mm-hmm. One is that first step is often the hardest. I think I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who think they're entrepreneurs because they think of a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also people who actually do something about them. And so I would say the doing something about it is actually kind of the the real first step in making your dreams come true and being an entrepreneur. So um, it's the hardest step, but without taking that first step, it you're just always going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, then the um, second thing is it's a tagline we have at Health Aid. It's what we started with, and I think it resonates with us now and also for people just really looking for to curate their own dreams. It's the idea of follow your gut. Um, and it's the idea that 
know, there's going to be a lot of naysayers. There's going to be a lot of what if. There's going to be a lot of fear of the unknown. But the true north that you have within inside of you to be able to take either that next promotion or go for a career change or start your own business or, you know, ask that girl out that you've been wanting to ask out, like just follow your gut and do it. Um, it often isn't that it, it's not that it doesn't, you don't feel the pain necessarily. And if you're feeling that urge, that true North, then it's probably where you should be headed anyway. Yeah. I love that. So is that your tagline? Follow your gut. <laughs> Yes, it is. That's, I love it. You could use it anywhere, right? I love it. Yeah. 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 Um, Vanessa, how do you create new ideas? So I realized that the worst space for me to be in to kind of create and think about new ideas Mm -hmm. is when I'm like bogged down with just like back to back meetings, the day to day, the like, all the things I need to do on my to-do list. And so I actively have to carve out time Mm. to think about things. I know that sounds weird, but there is like a, a looseness I have to feel. I can't be like structured and know I have a checklist going on. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing is I have to kind of get into my right juju. Mm -hmm. And then um, second is, you know, I, I find myself getting into this very much like, okay, if I want to get here, what are the next steps? So not not trying to box myself in into such a process-oriented way of thinking, but just, again, going back to the looseness of thinking through the idea ideation process. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, if you could do it all over again, would you do the same thing? I, I feel like I, definitely I would do this over again, but I feel like I would be smarter and maybe avoid some pitfalls that we've experienced over the years. Yes. What did you learn those years? If you know what you knew now, what would you do differently? I mean, the, the ways are endless. Are mm-hmm. There's too many to count. Um, you know, it, it spans from like very big things, mm-hmm. um, having to, you know, that surround, let's say, you know, financial modeling, capital raises, ways to help to preserve founder equity to mm-hmm. little things like, oh, shipment should have been labeled, you know, chilled, mm-hmm. not cold, because that could be confusing to be confused as frozen. Mm-hmm. So it really spans the gamut of, learnings in every which way Mm -hmm. um i think the biggest learning more on a personal level is that um you start to understand how you want like how you want to build things Mm -hmm. through whether it be financial investment through debt through um and really what's meaningful to you and how to build toward that so if anything it's more about um how to get to your end goal sooner Mm -hmm. Mm, love that. Now, Vanessa, what have been the most influential experiences in your life? Um, let's see. I guess going back to when I was a kid, you know, being, I'm Chinese American. And so I grew up in a very um, homogenous Caucasian 
community. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought of anything that I was different. I, I maybe thought, oh, I do different activities. So I go to Chinese school on the weekends and I can't always go to sleepovers. But I never really felt too dissimilar. Um, but I think one defining moment was when I encountered a, like I was in seventh grade and this eighth grader came up to me and I had like my mom's food that I love that she cooked me for me for lunch. And he said a derogatory comment. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're so, it was just a derogatory comment. Mm-hmm. And I was really caught off guard and I didn't know how to react. And that was the first time I knew I was different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I tried to fit in and blend in to be as as homogenous as I could. Mm-hmm. So that meant really pushing away anything that I felt was different, including my the Chinese culture, um, being annoyed of my parents because they made me go to Chinese school, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I was able to really like, think about that and think about who I am, what my identity is, what it means to me in my early 20s, that I started to actually be real with myself and, and feel more comfortable in my own skin. But I feel like that is where one of my defining moments really started. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was, when my mom passed away, I just had to think about what's what's important to me, how I want to live my life, who I want to spend it with. Um, and so that really helped to redefine, I think, my life, my life direction and my life goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably another piece was the day I decided to quit my nine to five job mm-hmm. to make health aid health aid. Um, it was, you know, do I give up this? kind of cushier, uh, more conservative path, but mm-hmm. for more or less guaranteed income? Or am I going to go down this very uncharted, dark, uh, you don't know what's around the corner path for dreams of whatever may happen? Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that was a defining moment. I remember the night before my palms were sweaty, there's a pit in my stomach. And I was, I did it. And when I did it, I felt this immediate relief. Um, but that's really when a whole new kind of ball game started in my life. Wow. That's inspiring. Now, Vanessa, what do you see as your place or purpose in life? My purpose in life. Um, so I've, I've come to do a lot of, I, I think, self-awareness activities just to really understand like what makes me me mm-hmm. um and and I think I truly enjoy and I'm in my sweet spot when I'm able to um be that person who's you know, contagious who creates contagious enthusiasm um who's able to really kind of lighten up the 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 atmosphere dream big think about what's next um and so for me I would say my purpose is really bringing that to what I'm doing, whether it's, um, you know, with the team, building something with the company, um, advising other companies, um, talking, you know, just being with my friends. So it's that type of energy that I think is really um, exciting for me and, and feel, feel good. Mm. Um, So something in that space, ultimately, I believe, is my purpose. Mm. 
And uh, Vanessa, what are you most grateful for? Um, I think I'm grateful for, this sounds a little cheesy, but I'm grateful for my life in many different ways. Um, I, you know, and knock on wood, healthy. Um, I'm currently like 36 weeks pregnant now. Oh, um, and so, thank you. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I grew up, I grew up in a really safe, awesome family and atmosphere. Mm. And as, as I look back, I don't think I've ever really been that. But now I sit here and just really appreciative of what I've been able to experience, what I continue to build on, and what I look forward to. So I would say my life. Hmm. And uh, Vanessa, is this your first baby? It is. Oh, that's even more exciting. <laughs> Are you nervous <laughs> about this time? Um, mm. You know, what's been interesting is uh, the last eight months have been a whirlwind of everything, both like, you know, proposal, wedding, baby, new house, business. So I'm not, I haven't had time to be nervous, but um, more of like, there's lots of things that need to happen before baby comes. So I'm more thinking about that. (laughs) That's well, (laughs) that's you know, that's amazing how you're able to focus and doing all that things and having a baby. That's, that is a lot to think of, like just me personally, but I'm, I'm so happy um, for you. My friend just had a baby and she was like, are you, I, I, I was asking her, are you antsy now? She's like, yeah, I want this to pop. Like, I just want to get it over with, but now she's, yeah, so- I know. Yeah. Now, Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing. Now, what's your handle? Where can they find you? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram. So at V underscore D-E-W. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out HealthAid at HealthAde. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, thank you. And I appreciate your sharing. And so have a great day. Thank you, you too. Thanks for having me. It's been yeah, fun. Of course. Bye, Vanessa. Bye. Bye.